DryerBuzz.com and follow at DryerBuzz on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's all about the buzz. And let me know when you get there. Let me know when you get to DryerBuzz.com. And if you don't, I still, I'm still going to know. I will still know. So listen, we're getting ready to record an ama- a great segment. I won't say amazing. You'll It'll become amazing when you let me know that you're there. But listen, it is hump day. It's hump day, y'all. And it's still 80 degrees, but I got me a cup of hot chocolate. Because last night I was so frustrated that it was so hot. I got up and I just blasted the air. So I woke up freezing. And then I went outside and I was like, wait, it's hot, hot. So uh, the sun is coming up across the window. I am actually up and out of bed. I've already done a couple of my morning errand. And uh, I'm back here on the couch getting ready to um, do some work and check. I got a plant that I have to nurse over here. And I'm, I'm torn because I keep saying I need, I need to change out the dirt. And um, it's looking at me like, okay, well, what are we doing over here? Am I going to just wither away? Or are you going to save me? I don't have a green thumb, but I have been able to keep a couple of these plants going for two years now. So I'm, uh, I'm looking at this plant. I'm like, do I still want that life? Because you know what? I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem moving through seasons. I don't have a problem saying, oh, that was a t- for a time. For a time. Oh, I, let's do that. For a time. I was going to say stuck. I had so many words for today to describe what I want to talk about. But you know me, I love to, like I just said, I love to let things come through for a time. Let's just write that. Because uh, we're going to say stuck. Okay? Because I want to say fear. Because I was torn between fear and stuck, and then I, I I was torn between and because we did the or or factor, and I wanted to do an and factor, because sometimes you could have you could be this and that, you could literally be stuck, and usually if you're stuck, you're probably afraid. I write that down. I'm sitting today at the journal in my little journaling place here that I've crafted already. I've written out four times because what, what I want you to understand that you might not be able to get out of bed or you need, you just, you might be in a season or something. You may be having a sensation experience. Uh, it may be a moment. It may be just something for a time. We always run around here acting with such sense of urgencies as if things are forever and always. There are some things that are forever and always. And hopefully those are the things that are, hopefully those are the good things about you. Now, what I am, I'm a little upset because I sat down in this space and before I could even get started, I had to like clean up the space, straighten up the space, take things in and out of the space. And I'm still sitting here. I feel like I'm looking at too much. I just took a swag bag. I'm like, why is the swag bag, which had actually had no swag in it. They thought the bag was exciting enough, I guess. <laughs> it was an empty bag. Let me see what's in this bag. There's a, there's, oh, there's a keychain in the bag. Uh, this is actually from the Facebook event. So it, they gave us a bag. They actually at the Facebook event, we didn't, I, I, we didn't get a bag, but I went to an event that they hosted uh, for a particular group prior to that, and they gave out this bag. And I really wish I had. I didn't take the bag to the main event because I thought, oh, they'll probably have one for that one. They did not. They really scaled that one down. So anyway, um, I'm sitting here and there's things in the space. There's some, there's some tissue, unopened tissue. I'll drop that. And I have a, I have a um, basket here, catch-all basket. I have the book here called Good Grief that I purchased a couple years ago. 
And uh, I ended up reading it. I was reading it because I wanted to be a friend to somebody. And then lo and behold, you know, I had my own grief moment. And then I've got a stack of um, mail that um, actually I thought it fell on the floor. They had a magazine. Somebody picked it up, stacked it back on the top of the books there. So that's pretty cool. And then I have my cup of hot chocolate. And then I have this bag that should have a breakfast sandwich in it and some jelly. Y'all, I know y'all like, that's that's what this podcast is about? No, it's just I'm irritated because I'm looking at so much stuff. And I want to be able to look just down at my journal here. But just for a time, I was only going to talk about that stuff for a time. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, shout out to Tyler Perry. Got his uh, star. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's some good hot chocolate. I, okay, I'm going to have to make that trip again. That's some good hot chocolate. Um, shout out to Tyler Perry. And I don't know how Tyler Perry hit my mouth because I said good morning. Uh, he got a Hollywood walk. Hollywood. He got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. So even though Hollywood never truly really embraced a brother, um, because his, his studio is not in Hollywood. His movies are not made in Hollywood. Um, but to have that Hollywood star, in, in, I mean, we, and then, too, he's getting ready to uh, have a grand opening or something with the studios uh, and so forth. Uh, I'm not on the list. I don't, I don't anticipate being on the list. But I don't know when it's, I don't even know when it's supposed to happen. I know it's coming. And I know we'll see a lot of stuff go down our timeline. Um I don't know. I've got to do something to get back in, I guess. Do you call them good graces or in, in the graces of it? You know, I don't know. Do I want to? Mm. I think I like to attend. I like to attend because the studio is in my old neighborhood. It's literally the back of the studio backs up to my childhood home. Um, so I'm, I, I, I love the fact that that um, base is now a movie studio. Not only that, a movie studio owned by a brother, you know, not only that. And, and, and then, too, there's a there's a there's a there's a big discussion as to the prosperity of the studio. Not I'm not not talking about Tyler Perry's money at all. I'm talking about the industry. There's some conversations about the industry and, you know, the gentrification and all that kind of stuff. But that. um When we have this is the end factor when you can have some of the greatest prosperity going on in the, in the same vicinity of poverty. And, and you, people have been trying to figure that out for life. When I tell you that's for, for more than a time, that's forever, forever and always people are trying to figure out like, how is it that some people prosper and some people don't, and even if they've come through the same thing, even if they, um, experience some of the same things. I'm going to have to get up because one more thing I need to, I'm trying to straighten up. I'm like, you cannot podcast and clean at the same time, but this stuff is bothering me because I've been out all week and I've been out all week and I've been on location and live and all this kind of stuff. And now I'm back home and trying to record in my space and I got too much junk in the space. And I'm like, dang, you know how you come in and you just sit stuff down. You come in again, you sit stuff down. Come in again, you sit stuff down. And then now I want to work in this space and I'm liking this stuff. And I'm like, wait a minute. And I'm looking around. Oh, yeah, I did. I got up and I am like, why is that there? Okay, but anyway. So, and, and I'm being that. I am um, probably as vocal as many and a native of Atlanta and 
you know, so I'm privy to a lot of conversation, whether I want to be in them or not. And gentrification is not necessarily a conversation I want to have because having walked away from community organizing and having having had to walk away from many of the communities that are now up for a discussion, you know, you couldn't, couldn't live. Safety is like, we can, we, we, you, it's, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. Um, because when things are happening that people knew were going to happen, that's why I want to talk about stuck and fear, afraid. It's like, you knew this was going to happen. There were things put in place that meant for this to happen. You voted a particular way. You know, it's like the stuff that's going on is a, is a direct response to decisions that were made. It's like, y'all, come on. And so I find it, I feel like I almost like don't want to talk about it because all I can do is one of those, I told you so. so you get tired of saying, I told you so. You get tired. You can be. You can get tired of being right. And I mean, like, and you know, if I open my mouth or I involve myself in something, it's usually because I'm right about it. I ain't running around here all hella wrong about nothing. I'm just not. If I if I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna be wrong. I'm gonna be silent. Okay. And there's only a couple of things that I am absolutely and honestly silent on, only because I I don't feel like learning how to do that. I don't feel like learning all that is. And so when there's some things going on in Atlanta, you can't do anything but just sit and watch that bulldozer fly by, roll on by. You know, that wrecking ball. What, what, what Miley Cyrus said came in like a wrecking ball. It's time for the wrecking ball. The wrecking ball is coming. I think we've held it off long enough. I don't think, I don't think the city, I don't want to say the city can't be saved. I think. I think what has to happen in Atlanta has to happen. And, and it's not only Atlanta. I think what has to happen in America has to happen. And the thing that I think of when I think about America, and I think, man, the things that people thought America was going to be always and forever, I'm like, there are people who really thought that this was going to be a backwards-ass city always and forever. There are people who thought this was going to be a backwards-ass country always and forever. And it's not the case. Change will be forced upon you. And so there have been people who have just sat back and enjoyed, rather enjoyed their own prominence. Um, now we are reaping those repercussions, those repercussions of, of their existence and keeping them in existence. And people who sit quiet, you cannot sit quietly. You cannot. You know, even if, and, and I'm not that person that want to be, I say, oh, you know, she was right. I don't even want to be right. There's some things you don't want to be right about. I don't want to be, I don't want to be right about this. But it's like, you know, I've been privy to, and, and everybody has for the most part. It's not even something special to me. It's like this was information. And I, I see people, I know people that, like myself, have dedicated decades to their communities and their neighborhoods. And I got to the point where it was like, you know what? I'm tired. It can't keep, this can't be like, you find yourself saying that this can't be our lives, right? It can't be. Yeah, it's honorable, but it's not necessarily enjoyable. You know, it's like by the time you get something in your neighborhood after fighting all these folk who have all this money and prompt prominence and prestige and they give you a little bit of this and a little bit of that 
And before you can enjoy it, shoot, your life is over. And I love to be able to say that I have enjoyed the past few decades because I'm telling you, to live in the South and, and, and to, to live in the South and then now it's spreading far and wide. Uh, it takes it takes so much it takes so much more energy. I remember telling my kids, you know, because I was a, a a single mom, and but not I never really had the true repercussions of being a single mom because I had such a uh, supportive family in my choices and decisions. <laughs> They're two different things, um, and so I've never I've while it's been there, I've always had the angst and anxiety, you know, raising kids alone and all that kind of stuff. But they, I, I never really embrace or internalize that mindset but I remember telling the kids one time I said you know what I'm looking around you start looking around you start looking around like I don't think the struggle is really that I don't think it's supposed to be I think we're making it I think I think there is a struggle and there are some difficulties mind you there are okay plenty of them I'm like in fact there's so many of them but at the same time I think that some of this stuff because of our mindset, or or not even our mindset, because we are believing in some perceptions and limitations, we're, we're self-inflicting some of this stuff. I said, so I think if we just change up our, the language that we use, first of all, we're not going to disadvantage ourselves by calling ourselves some kind of broken family. That ain't what we are. We, we're not broken. So we're not going to do that. Don't be running around telling your mom is a single mama, okay? We're not even going to use that, right? Um, because you got a lot of support in your lives and they had a lot of support in their lives and, and so forth. Cause that's just my relationship status. That, that has nothing to do with the type of human beings that we are, right? We, we see something broken, we stop and we fix it. But I, I, we had to get to that. We had to realize, look, you know, this, we doing this backwards. We doing this the long way around. There's an easier way. There are people out here that approach some of the same problems we have. And they just go right on, they bulldoze, they barrel, they grab, ride the wrecking ball right on through it and keep on moving. What is holding us back? So we started looking at it. We really, as a family, um, one, we figured out who had what strengths and who possessed what weaknesses and what was the natural course uh, of things, you know, who should be involved. We had to make these kinds of decisions or those kinds of decisions where, you know, so-and-so is not good with this. Okay, well, they don't need to know. Okay, well, mama's not good knowing this, and mama don't need to know, right? If it's going to if it's going to cause you to be stuck and have to deal with the anxiety of telling mama, mama don't need to know. If it's going to cause you to freeze and get frozen and get stuck on some decisions you need to make for yourself, then you don't need to involve mama or a sister or brother or grandparents or this, that, and the other. As long as you are living a productive life, now don't do a damn thing that's going to break my heart. That's off, that's never on the table. If you need something, if you need uh, uh, the 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 pitiful thing or whatever you want to call it, what's the word? The one thing that you are not supposed to do, don't 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 break my heart. And you know, all black mamas, don't embarrass me. <laughs> don't have don't cause me to have to do no press conferences, stand behind no podiums, testify. Okay, none of that. Okay, and whatever it is you're gonna do, it must not include any of those. So, in any and all situations, let me. Oh, see, I forgot to put my little thing back on here. Any and all situations, any and all situations, so that I can get out of bed. Anything that's gonna cause me not to get out of bed, don't do it. Don't do it. And and but for the most part, now as your mother, I can put that on you. But for the most part, 
do those things for yourself. Don't break your own heart. Don't walk, don't, don't indulge in things that's going to, that could, that have the potential to become heartbreaking. I was watching, uh, those, some of us are sharing and some, some people started sharing. There's a little, there's a channel or a network or a television series or something like that about these four, five and six year olds. And we have often said, and we continue to have a conversation that, Whoever you are today, it all started in kindergarten. That first experience of socializing. Now, if you were a daycare kid, it probably started before kindergarten. But for the most part in my generation, we didn't necessarily go to daycare because we had, you know, these um, two and three generational households. So daycare wasn't really a thing unless you went to, you know, preschool or this, that, and the other. But there's a show, there's these little clips out there right now of this TV show. We can't find it. I don't even think it airs in, in the United States because the, the kids in the in the video are multi-dimensional, uh, multi-diverse, uh, um, like ethnic, like nationality-wise. And so uh, I don't know if it's an American thing. The act, it sounds British. sounds like maybe British television, and that's probably where you would be able to... Um, um, cast such a diverse cast you can't get that in america too much right so this is little girl molly molly has stolen everybody's heart right let me tell you there's molly and there's lacy okay now little lacy this little i'm sorry little lacy this little girl she's so fast She's so grown. Both of my, both of them are kind of old souls, because you know. And what we have to understand, there the there are these totem poles, and I, I used to explain this to my kids because they came up through the school system where the school system had broken off and branched off into all these like you know this this age group goes over here. You got the sixth grade academy, and then you got the middle school and all this kind of stuff. Just Atlanta with the ass backwards education system, it split up, it split up the hierarchy. Of siblings, and so it literally screwed siblings up. I'm telling you, screwed them up. Okay, uh, Atlanta. You know, I keep telling y'all, Atlanta sees the rest of the global society doing stuff, and then they do it all together as backwards. Y'all, this city frustrates the hell out of me. Y'all, I've been blogging about Atlanta for 20 years, and I'm telling you, it's so freaking frustrating because y'all, it's like there's so many successes out there. And then you watch this city, they'll go get all this money and try to do stuff, do it backwards. I'm, I'm going to get on that soapbox each and every time. Uh, and I cannot wait for the future when it does not look like the Atlanta does today. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. I just want to live long enough to see it. But anyway, so let me get back to these little clips. So these little clips, these are four, five, and six-year-olds. And so it's almost like watching Big Brother. I don't know if it's they got them in a daycare. I don't know what they offer these parents to, and it's it's likened to that experiment we live in public that happened in 1999. Except for, it's just like Big Brother. I don't know if they offer these parents free daycare or or stipends or they giving somebody some money for them to subject their children to this to these experiments. And and all of it is on camera. They mic'd up. They on camera. They they like their daycare, whatever, right? And so there's a group of four year olds, a group of five year olds, a group of six year olds, right? And then Miss Molly is such a freaking old soul. But I keep telling y'all, everything that we are as adults, it's us trying to still trying to live that life that that little young person wanted. That little young person it set us off on a course that you will live and breathe. Forever, next time, always and forever. What you wanted then, 
how you wanted to feel, the sensations you wanted in life, um, the mistakes you made. And, and I'm telling you, I think about this one mistake. Somebody called my name. I was in kindergarten. Somebody called my name for me to do something, and I didn't move fast enough. Michelle Obama talks about it. I promise y'all, Michelle Obama talked about it in her book. Remember, she talked about the daggone spelling bee. She lives every day. She is the person that she is today because of that spelling bee mishap or her misspelling that word. So everything that she does now is about getting that moment back of not being able to spell, not being able, she could spell the word, but when you put in all the elements of where and when she had to spell the word, she, she didn't do it well and she didn't get the proper do over. You know, you don't get a do, you do over, write that down. Right. And I remember when I went to, when I went to kindergarten, I went to school early and I remember, uh, I was supposed to be in this, my mother wanted me in this one teacher's class and the teacher was like, I will get her on a day or so let us get through the start because um, they got her in this other lady's class who was mean as hell, a witch to the city. And my mother knew it. And, uh, you know, my mother, you know, my, my mother was, <clears throat> yeah, I'm just saying. My mother didn't like this lady and get there. And my mother, you know, and mind you, this wasn't free school. This was my mother. My mother was paying dearly for this school, right? So my mother was like, okay, I don't want my daughter in that class. I want my daughter over here. So the lady said in a couple of days, I will switch, get her switched. So, but later on that day, knowing the sense of urgency my mother had put on me to get me out of that woman's class, the lady came to the door and said my name. And I'm young, and I remember seeing this big lady in this door. Not, I mean, like, tall. I'm, I'm thinking, it's that went little girl right there. This lady at the door saying my name. I'm like, she's saying my name. Why is she saying my name, right? And I didn't want to get up and walk out. And I'm still that person to this day. I don't want the advantage alone. It's like... I know I, I get I know I get the benefit and the privilege to go over there to the nice classroom, but here I am. I'm like, but what about the rest of these babies? Here I am trying to save everybody, right? I'm still to this day trying to learn how to walk and leave y'all asses behind. I need to learn how to leave some folk behind. So I, I had made this little friend and I'm like, man, they can't go. And I'm like, do I go? And I'm sitting there, I'm going through this in my little four or five year old self. I think I was probably five and I you know, I went to school early, so Probably wasn't five yet. And I'm sitting there like, man, I need to go because I know that class. That lady, The lady was beautiful. The classroom was beautiful. Everything was like just heaven over there, right? This room, we were in here with this sergeant of arms. She done already tried to detach us from the love, all the love we have at home. This lady was mean, y'all. And I'm like, you know, me, I'm thinking I can take her on. I got to save these babies. I'm thinking if I if I go over there, I'm just gonna be one of all the little brilliant people. If I stay over here, I can probably save these kids, right? And I don't think I went. I really don't. And I think I got home, and I think I ended up. My mother asked me about the switch or the switch over and switching over to the other class, and I I remember us having a discussion, and I remember saying, "Well, mom, she's not that bad. This lady was horrible." I don't know where this lady is in the world right now or in the ground, but she was horrible. She was mean. However, and she was so mean. And that and I think I ended up staying in her class a while. I remember I fell. Um, we were running down, they had this hill, y'all. I have a scar on my head to this day because this lady refused to get any attention from me. Uh, because she was just that mean. And I remember I fell down this, I fell doing cartwheels down this daggone hill. 
of asphalt or rocks or whatever. And I had this gash in my head and blood pouring down my face. And that lady let me sit in that class. I think this is when I got switched. My mother, I had taught my mother and let me stay in that class. My mother showed it up to pick me up. And there I sit with this wound. I had a serious wound that clearly required stitches because there is a break in my skull. If you look, go look at any of my selfies or whatever, you see this little dent above my left eye, my right eye. That comes from the, the accident. And I remember I was with two classmates and we, we had to go take something, you know, like the snack. We had to go take the snack tray back to another building. It wasn't even like in the same building. It was like a campus. So we had to go on another part of the campus. And this was over there, uh, um, Bankhead and um, what's, what's that road? I forget. But anyway, oh my God, it's, it's, oh my God, I forget what it is. What's the name of that road? Okay, anyway. So we had to go to another part of the campus to take the snack thing or whatever. And it was like a task that everybody always wanted, right? So this particular day, um, myself and two friends got to go and do it. And so we were flying down here. We were running, racing down here back to our classroom, our, our building. And man, I hit a pothole or something running. And next thing you know, I was doing flips in the air. And we walk into class, and I've got my eye closed, and I'm bleeding and all this kind of stuff. I don't even think that that witch gave me a tissue, okay? And so my mother shows up because you had to pick your kids up. And I just remember my mother letting the lady have it. And I think that's when I ended up in the other classroom because that lady was mean. But I'm going to tell you, I, you know what? And I feel like even though she was a witch, I still feel like I got a lot out of dealing with witches to this day. Because I can recognize them instantly because they're all about disadvantage, causing all kind of disadvantage. So, yeah, she was a lesson for me. But again, that that going back to trying to do that moment and there, and it's kind of find out, you know, the first lady having that moment. And you probably got that do over. You still out here trying to get that do over. We deal with people with personalities right now trying to go who want to do, get that do over. And that do-over, the do-over they need was from such such bad experiences. How many people have you like, okay, I can't even deal with them no more? Because they, they always come to this point. Or they always, the argument, their side of the argument or disagreement or debate or is always from that type of perspective because that one moment that they have just been absolutely done wrong in their lives. So let me get back to the little clip, which is the most beautiful clip. Uh, the little, little, little Miss Molly. It's breaking hearts out there because little Miss Molly is so in love with Mr. James, little Miss, little Mr. James. Um, and they're both from African. They're both Af African descent. Okay. And so little Miss Molly thinks, well, in this group, of all these diverse people, he's like me. So and she goes, she tells a little friend, he's African. So we're made for each other. She is so beautiful. Oh my God. She's so beautiful. But then there's little Miss Lacey. And Little Miss Lacey wants all the boyfriends, okay? Little Miss Lacey is so fast, y'all. Little Miss Lacey is the is little hot tail, okay? And she's the, she's the, she's, Little Miss Lacey is the, what is it, the um, mean girl. She's the, she's the queen of the mean girl club, right? She runs the clique. She walks in, all the girls walk behind her, and here comes Little Miss Molly just prancing along. She just so happy. Little Miss Molly is so happy. But she's so happy, she's so heartbreaking. Little Miss Molly, every moment makes her happy, and every moment breaks her heart. So the clip that went viral uh, was 
the boys were outside and the girls were inside and they were talking through the boys in the window. Who hasn't had that moment? And so um, they're out there playing. All the little boys run over because they see the girls in the window. And so little Miss Molly gets a connection with James and she goes, um, and he goes, what's your name? You know, she says, Molly. He goes, Molly. He, he has a little embarrassing moment, you know, and, and you know, he likes Molly, but you know, y'all, you know, fellas, y'all know how y'all are. You, they've been persuaded that they all must like Lacey. They all must desire Lacey because Lacey is like throwing it at them. Okay. And yeah, we're talking six year olds. Okay. Little Miss Lacey done claimed all the boys. That's her boyfriend. That's her boyfriend. That's her boyfriend. And everybody want to know, well, why Miss Molly running around talking about she wants a boyfriend? Because Miss Lacey done come into, come into the little environment and done claimed all the boys. That's my boyfriend for over there. That's my boyfriend for over there. That's my boyfriend when I want this. That's, it starts that freaking early. Stop thinking it starts later. These little thoughts out here. They've been thoughts. They've been thoughts they want. They was born thoughts. They're going to be thoughts and all that kind of stuff. But then you got them that's like, oh, no, I'm, I'm going to love him forever. I'm supposed to be his wife. I'm supposed to be this. So little Miss Molly is like, well, I need a boyfriend. And Miss Molly probably hadn't even thought about it, but she has such a big heart. So out, out. So little Miss Molly, here comes the dog. So little Miss Molly um, realizes she has this very exciting moment because he has uttered her name. He knows she's alive. And you witness that. And let me tell you, and every woman out there feels that moment with Miss Molly and is all excited. And then my, of course, my friend, you know, people who, who bring the messenger says, oh, but you don't see what happens in the next part. I'm like, I didn't even, I didn't even need to see what happened. Why you wouldn't let me have this moment? Why I got to go now? Oh, let me tag, then tag me in the part where, cause you know, Miss Molly, her happiness is her heartbreak, right? Oh no, her heart gets broken. Really? Why you gotta, you couldn't let me live that moment? So then we go look at part two. So now the girls are outside and the boys are outside. Well, the girls are trotted outside and here go little Miss Lacey, you know, trotting her little behind on out there, whatever. And so little Miss Molly, she goes over where the boys are and she's like, James, James. Um, she's like, James, why won't you marry me? <laughs> Miss Molly is too grown, y'all. She goes, James, well, I want, she said, I want James to marry me. Oh, my God, I love James. I'm just, you know, she's just all James, James, James. He's a gorgeous little boy. So, anyway, <laughs> she says, James, she asked James, who, who, is, who does he love the most? Who does he absolutely love the most? Out of James's mouth comes this word that y'all, all y'all do. He says, Lacey. He says, Lacey, because he's the, you, you already know the peer pressure. He can't say nothing else because you're supposed to like the thought. You're supposed to like the girl that's throwing it at you, right? We talk, y'all, we talking about freaking six-year-olds. But these same six-year-olds going to be the 18-year-olds. They're going to be the 36-year-olds. They're going to be and so on and so on and so on. He says what? Everybody pressures everybody to do choose the most popular girl. So he says Lacey and she just sinks. It just breaks her heart. But if you look at the way James says Lacey, he says Lacey because the boys are looking. And he doesn't even he does he looks down. He doesn't even raise his head. There's no conviction in it. He's like, you know, I'm a boy, I'm supposed to like Lacey kind of thing. So he says Lacey, but 
Go out there and support Miss Molly. Go support Miss La- Miss Molly and watch these kids because I did a I did a uh, experiment on uh, social media with my my male followers and I told them I said do me a fella got do me a favor got fellas I want you all of you who have and this we did this some years ago and you probably can still find it in the tweets but I asked them I said if you have a five year old because um, at that time we were doing luncheons for men and we were talking with men about these different things. And I said, well, if you have a five-year-old, go ask your five-year-old about her wedding and watch her literally describe the entire, even if she's never even been to one, never even seen one, everything, everything that is media and marketing for kids includes love. It includes lifelong, the lifelong goal of finding a mate and living out your life with that mate and having these ceremonious celebrations. And the fellas came back and they were tweeting me and they were in absolute awe, shock and awe that their little girl, even, you know, some had five, some had younger, some had older, could not believe. And they were like, oh my God, she just described her entire wedding to me. She's never even been to a wedding. What does she know about a mate and a boyfriend and all this kind of stuff. And the men were just outdone. They were literally outdone because even if they had not, and many of them had not even presented themselves as the life mate to another partner, their their daughter's mother, or they had not themselves had these kinds of weddings. It's like everything that this kid wanted and dreamed of was bigger, you know, because it, it's, it's, I'm sorry, it's in her cartoons, it's in her, it's in her dolls, it's in everything. Everything from day one, uh, we are marketed to about, we need to be with that. Mate, you, you're supposed to, you're supposed to be happy. You're supposed to have joy in your life. Um, everything is about escaping where you, who you really are, where you really are. And it's those moments, and I, and I said, now, now that you know, Understand that vision that she has will always and forever be there. But what life is going to do from this moment on, now that you know, I want you to continuously ask periodically. And I want you to be mindful of how life is going to chip away at it. And every essence and every step, there's going to be those one, I need a do-over. I need a do-over. You know, and then you get to you get to our age, my age, and people older than me, and you start transferring some of those dreams into your offsprings and your kids. I mean, how many parents when kid when our young folk get ready to get married, how many how many parents jump in there and say, Oh, you should have this and you should do that? It's not yours, but you can't even contemplate the fact that you can't grapple with the fact it's not yours even from like graduation choosing schools uh going to the proms and the dances and all that kind of stuff you know we start forcing our own to our own wanting to do-overs on our kids we we don't allow them and then guess what they have to do they have to repeat the cycle because you've injected so much of you into their stuff and not wanting to break your heart, not wanting to disappoint you. There was a guy on television just last week, his mother, um, his father, his, 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 his father took advantage of his mother. And that's how he, that's how he was conceived. And he, to this day is out here now trying to help young men grapple with the fact that 
there might be a man that is their father who did not love their mother, had no goodwill for their mother. So he has founded an organization to help men deal with that hurt and that pain. And they feel like they can't go. He, he, he can't discuss it with his mother. His mother asked him, say, listen, you know, I have to deal with what happened between us. But if you want to meet him and if you want to know your father, and he said no, because he didn't want his mother to have to live with that hurt and pain anymore. So therefore, what do you think he's waking up each and every day and suppressing? He's waking up each and every day suppressing the fact that he will never, ever get a chance to look at the man for whom he and he's one of those guys. And I, I have another friend like that. He's one of those guys, you know, he's he's got these very strong features, unlike that is not of his mother. He's got, and, and he's, there's an essence in him that you know comes from that father, right? Not only that, living with the idea that your father is, was, is a man who took advantage of your mother, are you then now worried about yourself having those kinds of traits, right? That's where, it, that's also in him. So he has to go to therapy to deal with that. And, and he's trying to heal that. He'll heal that kind of stuff. That's what made him want to start the organization. There are, there are men out there who uh, have a gay sibling and there have been instances where men who have gay siblings oftentimes try to overcompensate their own masculinity. And we, and, and, and I bring that up just to say, there's so many extremes. It's so hard for us. And one of the reasons we can't get out of bed is because we can't balance this stuff, you know, but I'm here to tell you there's some end factor in your life. There's some end factor. I know it seems like we have a teeter totter. We're on that. It's like a triangle. We're on that teeter totter. We're balancing left to right. And we, but you can balance this thing out. There are, there are, we're human. Okay. If I, if I can only bring you back to that, we are human. We're made up of these different molecular structures, you know, our cells and our DNA. And, and we're part of this person. We're part of that person. And we're part of a lot of stuff that we don't have a choice in the matter. But then there are a lot of things that we get to. The more we know, the more we can make better choices. I love the fact that he, even though he made the choice that he would not. And I, and I, and I promise you, at some point he is, in spite of how his parenting, his, his, his parenting evolved, his, his conception evolved. I guarantee there's going to be a day that he's going to, he's going to want, he, he, he wants to, but it's, it's painful for his mom and he doesn't want to cause that. And there's so many people that don't want to cause that, you know, our children don't ask us about these relationships. And I have a friend, he was live streaming one time and he was talking about it. Uh, Cause he's on a journey. He's famous. You know, he, he woke up famous one day, like, like so many people nowadays. And, um, and of course all this attention being paid to him as a chef and an author, he was live streaming and, you know, he had some really good moments and he was talking about man, you know, but if for every good moment he wants to celebrate himself, he has to come back to the fact that he cannot do it wholly as a family. Right. And uh, and uh, and he was talking about the absence of his father and having to live in that absence of his father, because, again, here is a man for whom he cannot look into a look towards another image and find himself. And he was talking about, man, he wished this, he wished that. And me, you know me, I'm like, have you ever asked your mother? And he said he can't because it's such a painful thing for her. And the way she acts out in that moment, he doesn't want to ever experience that again 
because there's so much judgment that she holds. And I had to tell him there's so much judgment that she holds on herself. She acts out in that moment. It's not, it's not anything towards you, but it's a painful thing. She is, she has not yet atoned for, and we, as moms, as the, as the woman in this side of the equation, we have to atone for these things because these are some decisions that we make. And some of the, some of the stuff is not all us. I ain't going to say it's all us, but there are choices that we have to make. And in those choices, you're going to have to explain that for the rest of your life. But guess what? You don't have to explain it because your children don't want to ask. And they want to know, but they don't want to put you into that heartbreak, especially when you've told them all your life, don't do nothing that's going to break my heart, right? So, you know, but yet they, it, it's not to say that people are not out here trying to figure this thing out. Trying to figure it out is something you would do, not for a time, but forever and always. You Children... As young as these four, five, and six. Now, mind you, this little this little thing. If you want to find it, the um, actually the the Instagram and the Twitter name it, with this little four, five, six year old show on it is Diva TV Asia. I think it is Diva D I V A. I can't switch my phone over, but D I V A tv and i think it says asia asia i think that's what it was but they and they have a couple it's a network or something but it's now uh, on so then they look like they're maybe be new to social media and so they're because the post i don't think it was a lot of posts but this particular show i think this is maybe their first season because i have believe you me i don't trolled every bit of it and watched it i'm gonna tell you that little lacing and miss little miss molly and then the other little girls and it's so funny because if you were if you were in any kind of clique and your girlfriends, you will look at these little girls and you'll be like, oh, that's our clique all day. That is our clique all day. Everybody had a Lacey. Everybody, everybody had a little Miss, little Miss Optimistic Heartbreak Molly, you know, happy about everything, just getting a little heartbroken. She's getting her little heartbroken every day. She's so in love with James, y'all. I want James to marry me. I want you, James, who do you love in the whole wide world? Lacey. Little Miss Molly, her heart just sank because she was so excited. She's like, he know, he heard. She said, he heard me. She didn't say her. She said, he heard me. He said, he said my name. He knows. I'm like, oh, I'm so happy. She just does this little dance. And I tell you, she won all our hearts, okay? Because every woman, every woman has been that little girl. No, some of y'all been some laces. Some of y'all are some laces out that want all the boyfriends. As I sip my hot chocolate, but for a time, y'all, for a time, uh, where we at on time? Let's think about it. We at 42. We haven't even hit the 45 yet, but go and go and check it out. And fellas, y'all go check it out too, because the boys, it, 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 it's already, you can see how masculinity plays out. You can see how femininity plays out. You can see how our childhood backgrounds and so forth. And like I said, you know, it's true because I mean, unless you, unless you're just untruthful with yourself. Unless you are just untruthful with yourself, and many people are, that that's a dynamic too. There are people that don't even believe their own truth. They can't even deal with themselves um, because they are stuck. But I want to talk again about the and about the and factor. So go go and check it out. I think it's I think it's awesome and amazing. And I love I love experimental TV. I love I don't now I don't watch Big Brother because again these are adults that's been broken all this time. So it's good to go and watch the four, five, and six year olds because then now that kind of explains the big. I don't know, but you know I know way they cast reality adult reality TV. 
Uh, you do not get on television in this reality TV unless you have a serious, unrepairable flaw. Okay. And it's a serious, unrepairable flaw normally directed towards the broken relationship you have with the matriarch in your family, failed matriarch. Everybody on reality TV, first and foremost, has an issue with their mother. Okay. Every one of them. There's not one. You can't find one. I want you try it. Go find me one that has a healthy relationship with their mother. Because first of all, if you have a healthy relationship with your parents, you're not trying to, there's no amount of money that will make you embarrass your, your parents or yourself on television. There's not one. You don't get cast on television in a reality show unless you, you have some extreme brokenness, uh, unrepairable issues so that you can fully entertain people who soak that stuff up. Okay. Mm. I love meeting people who have no idea what, what I'm talking about when I, we talk about television. I love meeting people that don't have time nor day. My television is not on right now, that they are so productive that they have no clue. And you'd be surprised how many people do have a clue on what's going on. Somebody was asking about the reality shows. I'm like, I don't watch that stuff. And my, my daughter, I had a daughter that likes to watch it. We, we used to have to watch it together so she can get my reaction to it. She loves shocking me with some of the stuff that these people are doing on these, on these reality shows. And you know, several of them come out of Atlanta. And these are some of the worst people that are walking around Atlanta. But anyway, um, for a time, we get stuck. We experience fear. We are afraid. But you know what? I probably I should, should call this wake up for a do over. What do you want to do over? Can you be honest about that? I mean, like I would go back and I would get the hell out of that lady's class because standing in her class trying to help. And this is the epitome of therapy. I'm not a therapist, I'm not trying to play one on live stream. I'm just talking through some trauma moments that I have had in my own experiences and sharing my hindsight. If I have to give a disclaimer, and I don't like disclaimers, but if I have to give a disclaimer, please know that. But trying to stay in that woman's class and protect, you know, I'm the, I'm the protector. That's who I am. Trying to protect those kids from that woman. I feel like if I can get her, keep her coming at me because I can handle what she got because I, I come from strong stock, right? So I was like, I can protect these kids from this lady because the lady was just that evil. She had no business teaching kindergarten, okay? But I think she had some family connection. She had to have had some family connection because the lady that was over the school, it was like it was like one of those preschools, like that Miranda thing with the lady with the girl with the with the powers. I felt like her, right? Like I could save these kids, and I was like, girl, look. You got this gas in your head trying to save these kids. You need to go on back or go on over to the other classroom. And apparently, like, my mother showed up and, and cursed that lady the hell out while she didn't call her about her baby being hurt and let her baby sit there. And I got blood all on my head, all on my clothes and stuff. And my mother cussed that lady slam out and was about to sue their asses and all that kind of stuff. I, you better believe I ended up in the best town. I, I probably didn't even have tuition for a while. I probably didn't even have tuition for a while, but I, I stayed at the school probably another couple of years, and, and I got the, I got the stairs like yeah y'all that was her mama that and let me tell you, I went on through the rest of my school days with that that was her mama that was her mama I was telling my daughters about that the other day about a house party I went to a house party people would make sure that I was outside that house party they, when I would arrive at the house party what time your mama wanted to be the DJ would ask me. 
What time does your mother want you to be outside? What time are you leaving? Right? Because my mother was, Mama Buzz, was the one she was going to roll up in the house party. So whenever I got to go to a party, and y'all better know it took hell and high water to, to allow me to go to these parties. Uh, I would walk up in the party and music. So what, uh, what time she need to be out of here? What time is her mama coming? Because mama was going to pick me up. And honey, when don't let me. The lights will come on. Is she outside? Girl, somebody, her mom's outside. You got to go. You got to go, right? Make sure, make sure she don't smell like nothing because you know y'all will be indulging in some things. And Mama Buzz will be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I went through all my life. That was her mama. That, that's her mom. That was her mama. But anyway, and also, but then there was some very good things that people were saying, oh, that was her mom because my mom was very involved in school and, and in, our, in our community and so forth. And, uh, and, and man, amazing, amazing stuff. But for a time, before a time we get stuck, uh, we get fear, we are afraid, and we want these do-overs. If you did not um, indulge in Michelle Obama's book, Becoming, we did a podcast series on it, we, and we're keeping the podcast series going. In fact, we did an episode 24 hours uh, yesterday, I guess I can say yesterday, on that. It's called Leading Women Podcast at this point. But we started out, it was called Becoming a Podcast because we were inspired um, by the Michelle Obama's book to keep women talking, you know, with Dryer Buzz. Well, actually, prior to Dryer Buzz, we've been keeping sisters talking since 1993. I've had those kind of endeavors out there for leading women. And so... Now my partner, Angela Stalkup, uh, my co-host uh, on this podcast, we had our conversation yesterday, and we it's called Leading Women Weekly. Leading Women Weekly is a podcast where we talk about how women are creating buzz and, and women, who are, women who are leading us, and uh, just to shine some light and have those conversations. And, man, the conversation was so deep yesterday. Um, go and check it out. We actually taped it on Blog Talk. We were, were moving around different platforms. We used to do it live on Periscope, but that was requiring so much in by way of production to get it to the podcast thing. And now we want to have call-ins, have guests on, and so forth. So we're testing out a couple of platforms. We were looking at doing some producers, bringing in a producer uh, once we settle, trying to settle on the time, trying to settle on if it, if we're going to have video options. Um, there are some podcast studios around town. We're trying to see if maybe we just need to meet up at the podcast studio and get this thing done because especially going into this political season. Um, and we don't want to miss this opportunity. You know, we don't want to do it. But, um, but I love that Michelle Obama, we talk about these four, five, and six-year-olds. Michelle Obama can go back in time very quickly talking about herself as that five-year-old and that spelling bee. And it's, it's actually a full-on chapter, I believe, in her, in her book because she learned a lot about herself in that moment of how she grapples with uh, choices and decisions and, and how much control that she has over her own confidence and how much other people try to have control over our own, our own confidence and our esteem, our self-esteem and the esteem placed on us by others. And so she, all of that came out of that and, and having to fight for the moment. She had to fight for the duo. She's like, no, I know this work. I need another chance. I need another opportunity. And so she went about that, that time trying to get that other opportunity. And it plays out in all of her decisions to this day 
because that's what she learned. Look, you can't just you can't just take these moments that happen to us and just suppress them. You know, you can get a do over. You can. She got a do over. She did better. She's like, okay, I'm I'm gonna be better prepared. She's like, because I knew the word. It was just something about all the other elements that came into play, having to stand up in front of everybody or having my name called and all of those kinds of things. So, but that her fixing that moment, fighting for her do over in that moment at five years old, you know, um, not going in and, and her mother noticing something's not right, but her saying, thinking I can handle this myself. I don't need to involve anybody. That's why she ended up our first lady that five year old ended up our first lady and being the fearless. When you think about Michelle Obama being the first lady, y'all, I walked away from uh, uh, the the experience, the experience that happened in Atlanta when she went on tour for the book signing. I only have one word for Michelle Obama, and that is fearless. That is, there is fearless. And who was it? Um, there was a woman we were talking about this week, and, and, and I said, you know what? That's the word I want to apply. As I build, as I build, as I, as I not necessarily build a circle because, you know, I have a circle, have a couple of circles I'm in, but there's a circle that I want to be a part of and, and it's fearless. I want to be a part of fearless women. Here's, there's a lot that I am fearless with and had to become fearless about, right? There's a lot. Um, but we were somebody I'm trying to think we were celebrating somebody this week and I just remembered them being fear, fearless and I, I I think of uh oh my god there's so many uh especially around election season when we start thinking about the strides that many women made I think it was somebody somebody passed this week I'm trying to think who was I know the opera singer um but it was something else something else I I, I thought about that fearless y'all um I know I wrote down fear. I'm going to write down fearless. You know, you're not going to be fearless of everything. You know, there's nobody walking around and they can take on every challenge. Everybody has their kryptonite, you know, that thing that will break you. Everybody has that. And I think we go through life trying to avoid that. But you also have you also have your strengths. You know, we focus a lot on our weaknesses We because we have to suppress those things each and every day. We wake up and we have to, you know, you have to realize, okay, I'm not good at this. Or I'm not good at that, this, that, and the other. But you also have, and, and if you can, if we can allow you the time to get to it and to try to understand it, you have those things. There's a quality that somebody keeps telling you that you revert to, that you, that you bring to the table, you know, that they keep inviting you to do this and that because they see it. And oftentimes people see it more than we see it. They know the value of it. They know the importance of it. I had a conference call yesterday, and I'm listening to this person talking about, you know, I'm this, that, and I'm like, whoa, I wish I, I, wish I could say that about me. I wish I knew and recognized those things, uh, and it didn't always have to come from the mouth of somebody else. I wish I could say that about myself as confidently as, as apparently the reputation is, you know. But I went about trying to – I went about, one – being who I who I who I am, regardless of who I try to be. Um, luckily for me, there are some better qualities that that shine through than the ones I hear in my head, or the things that I say, you know, to myself or about myself, or the things that I believe. Luckily, uh, there are times when I'm able to put on 
a different front. We all are, not me, but we all are able to exhibit other things that other people uh, appreciate about us, you know. So thank those that are around you, you know, or ask. If you don't know, ask. And that's one of the things that I've had to do is surveys because I do live a public life. I have a public publication. I have a publication. And one of the things I have to do with Dryer Buzz is I have to survey you know, you have to ask people, you know, what do you, what do you think about this? How much do you get out of that? What do you appreciate about this and the other? So I'm always faced with that feedback. But there is something in you that you, are, you too are fearless about. Yes, there's something within you too that you want to do over. There's something that you are afraid of and you have fear. But there's also a fearless quality. What is your fearless quality? Think about that as we get ready to end here. About four minutes to go. Um, think about your fearless quality stamp that on your chest, you know, that's your, that's your superhero power, you know, and, and I know there are times when we get pulled into all these other tasks, you know, many of, not all of us out here doing what it is, that thing that we love, or we get to exert that superhero power, but it's important to somebody because they keep you around. Okay, they keep you in their peripheral, they keep you on their timeline, because when it comes to that, when it comes to that thing, it's you and only you that can get her done. Michelle Obama talks about getting her done, get it done, get it done, get it done. She talks about that a lot. And and they, too, in their family, recognize she recognized what her strengths were, were she recognized what um former President Barack Obama's strength were. She recognized what a mother's strength was, the kid's strength was, the brother, the relationships and all that. Break that stuff down in your own. We did we did so in hours. Um, we did so in hours, and, you know, we subscribed to numerology, and so we did it based on numerology, and then we based on, did it based on psychology. Like, you know, well, with this person, we, when the water gets a little hot over here, you know, this person, this per, if anybody ever need the Heimlich maneuver, this person, anybody ever need Lifesaver, or we get short on this or this and that, we recognize who has the strength, and we recognize, well, you know, don't, don't tell this one. They don't need to know. They don't need to know this. They don't need to know that, you know, and all, and all, of, those, all of those kinds of things. But you got to... At some point, you got to stop being. And now I'm not going to say stop being. Some parts of us require us to be a little bit more than the four, five, and six-year-old. But the four, five, and six-year-old is who we are always and forever. Always and forever. Because how many times have you had an argument with somebody and they said, what, what's the first thing they say? You have always been this way. You always felt like that. You always thought like that. You know, you go through life. We all go through life having the same argument. The first argument that you ever had with a person that you have to engage with for any amount of time, that first argument is, is the forever argument because it's the first time. The disappointment in that first argument is where you realize that you're not on the same plane, that, that this is the first thing that is different in you. And you remember that because there's a disappointment attached to that. You have been, and it may not be a heartbreak, but just let down a little because there's something that you realize there's something more important to this person than what I think about it, how I feel about it. Like, whoa, no, you cannot, you can't change that about them. And that's what we do. We feel like we feel like people change. Not at four, not at five, not at six, not at sixty, not at ninety. There is a quality in us that's never 
going to change. And when you realize you can't change that, now you might have to make a walkaway decision or you understand that if you stay, that's going to be the thing. And hopefully it's not a thing that truly disappoints you. Like hopefully it's a thing you can come to grips with and just realize that's just who they are. You know, I don't have to let that, that doesn't have to bite. It doesn't have to hurt. It, it doesn't even have to impact me at all. I just know that that's something that that's in them. They are strong on that. Like I, like I, Petty Betty ain't going to change. She's going to always start at the petty point of things. That's why I call her Petty Betty. You know, you see, she don't even argue with it. She will always, I don't care what she will, her, she starts at no. You can, now you can convince her otherwise. You, there's some things she will move on. There's some things she's going to be staunched on, but she's going to always start at the petty point. And the petty point is, what am I going to lose? What, what, what is this going to cost me? How much is this going to disenfranchise me? Because she wants what she wants. And we all do. We all do. But some of us out here will get, some of us give up what we want. I'm sitting back and wearing back on this one. Some of y'all know what you want, know what you got to have, and, and you want to do over because you keep giving you keep giving in on it. You keep giving up on it because you feel like, because you value, you're valuing something else. You just want to be in the mix. And I like that. I like the quality. I like the quality in Petty Betty that I, and, and I can rest assured as a mom, oh, she going to, oh, she going to question everything. So that, that's something I don't have to worry about. But it's frustrating to me because she going to question everything. Like, even, like, even this morning, I was like, I'm like, see what the route looks like. Make sure we don't get hung up nowhere. And she's looking at all the routes. Well, this route says this. I was like, well, I don't need what, how long the route is. Does each of the routes, if we take either one, does it get us there prior to the times to check the arrival time? As long as there's time between the arrival time and the time. Now, this is all that we're having this explanation. Because remember, I said she started saying, no, no, we're not going to take the arrival time. We're not going the regular route. We're going to go to, no, we're not. We're going to go the regular route. And it's okay to go the regular route as long as we arrive before we're supposed to. Right? But that was, but understand that's going to have to be that kind of discussion. And, and as her mom, as a mom of, of a daughter, I like the fact that she's going to question everything because that means that she's the one person you can't, you're not going to get over on. And, uh, and out of everybody, she's the one person, she's not going to have, she's not going to have those kind of, I don't have to worry about her friends or any kind of associate or anybody taking advantage of her in any shape, form, way. But then I have another daughter. She loves to socialize. Socializing is her thing. But I, she knows that she has a sister that's going to ask all kind of questions. Well, whereas she might not think of these questions, then she knows that Patty's going to be like, well, wait, why are you hanging out with them? Because she's the younger sister. Why are you hanging out with them? Why are you going to this? You know, and she don't want to have to answer those questions. So therefore, she's going to think about those things prior to. So, and we learned that as a family because she wants, she doesn't want the sister to think of her in such terms. She's going to take on some of those traits. We're all out here doing that. You taking on traits of other people because they're important in your life. And you fear losing those relations and sometimes it the fear is good because when you are afraid of losing what's important to you that's why you you stay in certain situations you you deal with certain things um because you know it's not the cost of it is not going to deplete you 
Right. All right, y'all. Let's get ready to get out of here. I think we got enough reason to get out of bed. Mm. As I sip my hot chocolate, we're just about three minutes over. Think about that. I think I, I talked about what, what I want you to do a list. What I want you to, first of all, face the do-over. Because if you're not aware that you're out here trying to get a do-over, um, you probably are impact. It's probably showing up and you have to be a little bit concerned about how it's showing up because if you, you understand there's a couple, here's, there's something that can happen where either you have already gotten your do over and learned from it, or you're so afraid and fearless of that moment arising ever again that you never even get there. So you're not, you're not satisfied and shown shown yourself that you could do it because that's who you need to show right but you're so worried about other people seeing you because of how that moment may have happened so think about your do-over moment what did you learn from it did you get your do-over you know I think I got I think I got my do-over I think I got my do-over because I'm able to recognize now that staying in a moment trying to save somebody else is going to call going to hurt me so therefore, I have learned to walk away from certain situations almost to an extreme. And no, exactly to it, exactly to it. I, I, I walk away too quick. I walk away too fast um, because I'm like, oh, you know, triggers. They go to triggers. Oh, nope, can't do this because I don't want. I don't want to. I don't want to have to need a do over. So you can be. You can be one extreme or the other again going back to the and factor trying to find the balance of it right and then i want you to think about your superpower what are you absolutely fearless at and how does that contribute to those in your family and into your circle what are you the go-to you're the go-to person for something for what are you for what are you the go-to person think about it even as and those of us out here on social media certain things happen and everybody runs to your timeline. Like I have a couple of friends that have PhDs and, and they, they're scholars. Like I run to the scholars. Like when I need that, like I'm a tech person. I'm, I'm, I'm working on it from one perspective. But when I need that other perspective, you know, I run to the scholars. Or if I'm working on a story or something, I need that journalistic perspective. Okay, should I, can I, because I, I. Because from my side, I'm, I'm like, I just need to put something out there that's going to get the hits and the sensation. But because I have a little bit of ju- that journalistic integrity, I'm like, oh, I need to make sure it, it lends, lends itself to a few other things. Right. So I have people that I would go to for that. For what are you the go to? Right. The do over and the go to. What are people coming to you constantly over and over that they are injecting your wisdom into? We're talking about a wisdom. I'm writing down a couple other words here before we can get ready to close out the journal. I've got four times stuck and fear afraid, do over, fearless, go to wisdom. For what are you the go to? Um, for what are you the point of wisdom? You know, and for what are you fearless? Because that's what you need to, you need to get in that. Get into your fearless stand. Um, I often tell women we do an exercise. I said, I said, get in your Wonder Woman stance. And I tell them when you get in your Wonder Woman stance, I said, notice the changes, whatever changes you just did to your posture and to your mindset, to your breathing, and all of those things. But what's your what's your fearless? What's your what's your superhero thing? I don't want to repeat myself over and over. Nobody think we got it. Uh, I'm gonna ask you. Uh, take a few minutes.
um, to tell you about dryerbus.com. You can go there, subscribe. If you'd like more episodes, there's a link there. Once you go to dryerbus.com, if you want to follow us any place on social media or check out the In the Kitchen, the Leading Women podcast, Buzzing or Bashing podcast, How to Get Out of Bed podcast. Most of our content right now is through podcasting. Um, not doing as much long form writing. In fact, I don't necessarily have a blog right now, but we do have a newsletter. You can sign up for the newsletter if you don't want to have to run over here and see what we tweeted, don't want to have to run over here and see what we put on Facebook. You want to just go to your email, have your intimate moment with all of our content. Um, it, there's a newsletter that comes out about three times a week. Um, you can get that if you're looking for something. If you sign up for the newsletter, if you say, hey, I remember this or that, where could I find it? Uh, it's going to be in your email. You get these amazing archives in your email of pretty much everything. And, lot, and everything, we pretty much funnel everything through uh, Facebook. And so it is a, we, that Facebook then becomes the email newsletter. So if you're looking for something that we've had out there, all you got to do is subscribe. One thing to, we need you to subscribe so that we can have the numbers, so that we can be in the room. So that when I say, you know, I want to go to the uh, Democratic Convention or when I talk to these politicians or when I talk to these heads of, of states and, 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 and countries and, and all these things to make sure that we are in the room or go to the little movie premiere or the red carpet, this, that, and the other, or working with these organizations and making sure that we get some benefit from this stuff. They look at numbers. They look at numbers. One of the reasons I was able to be a part of the sports conversation this weekend was simply because I've got the numbers and been out here, you know, 20 years. Um, but at the same time, uh, as you might've heard, for those who listen to our leading women podcast, you know, as a woman entrepreneur, when you group all of the women together, man, it looks like we are not, women are not, women are not crushing the numbers. I know everybody's out here saying they, they doing the six figures, seven, seven figures and this, that, and the others. Well, the numbers don't lie. The numbers don't lie. And the Forbes, Forbes list has barely increased. Um, and although there are several on there, I, I'm working with some and working really hard to get more on there or just keeping us in the mindset that we are bankrupting our communities and ourselves with uh, some of this new economy stuff. And we need to be mindful uh, of where we are placing ourselves as an industry, as an economy and an industry. Okay. So, and we're going to, we have some of that conversation going on in open house. Uh, also on the, we're looking at the 27th or the 9th. Um, I'm trying to either October 27th, on November 9th. I like November 9th. Um, I've got a course coming, a webinar, uh, for 2020 and trying to finish that. We've been recording and all this kind of good stuff. And as you can see, I'm still torn. I'm still torn with it. Um, but I want to, I want to get that to you guys as well. All right, I think that's it. All I have, I'm going to give you a little bit, few minutes to breathe and stretch and get out of bed. And I want you to do me one more favor.
DryerBuzz.com and follow at DryerBuzz on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's all about the buzz.